Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Friday before the Super Bowl. Did we do the handshake? No, we did not do the handshake with Kenny. I was thinking that was Well, it was too far of a reach. It was way too far of a reach. What is up, everybody? The Friday before the Super Bowl, where the Kansas City Chiefs are yet again underdogs against Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Plenty of stuff to go over today, bouncing around between the NBA and the trade deadline concluding at 3 p.m. on Thursday. And big things with the NFL awards that happened last night, Thursday, February 8th. And then we will uh, conclude this banger before the Super Bowl with our final predictions for the game. Uh, I got to just start out by saying Radio Row looks fantastic. And we just got to, we said it with Kenny also to preface that. It's good to see you not tucked in the corner. I know that was kind of a tough dynamic with what we were doing there. <laughs> but good to see you back where you belong in that seat there. Um, Radio Row just looks fantastic. It always is every year. But just to reiterate like how Vegas has just done this whole thing in a, a great fashion. I just don't think that any other city can top this. And certainly... Since they got, now that they have the Las Vegas Raiders, certainly we're going to see many, many more Super Bowls. The only problem is what I'm seeing, though, is like flights are having trouble getting in and getting out because there's so many people coming in and out. So many PJs, obviously, coming in. So that's the only problem. We got to get to Vegas. The the whole setup looks crazy. Shout out to everybody that's there. Looks like a fun time. Saw Booker Booker with Trent playing poker last night. is, Is Vegas always just popping for Super Bowl? I don't, I mean, not definitely not to this magnitude, but with the games there, yeah, the games there, the games there. Yeah. Obviously, you set up Radio Row and like just t- talk about the outside events as well. WWE had a big uh event last night, the Vegas Golden Knights a couple nights ago snapped the Oilers 16 game winning I'm just streak. I'm thinking, like, we be tweaking, bro. Like, we should have just been in Vegas making a video. That's what I'm thinking, like, because it was just lit out Vegas. I was like, is it lit out there every year? Like, oh no, it was this was, the, this was like the year, but like, damn, so what. Someone report to us if you can. Is every city that the Super Bowl is in like that week? Is it lit? Like, is that just like is that the move? Like, just even if you don't, even if you don't want to buy the ten thousand dollars tickets, like is that just the move? Just slide to the city? and then just go to like a casino and watch the game, something like that. Yeah, even, even I mean, it's kind of like March Madness out there. Would you think it's kind of like March Madness out there in Vegas? Yeah, like March Madness is is got to be pretty cool out probably in Vegas too. Lit. I would say that probably the first weekend. Just because you can, oh yeah, weekend. the first weekend for sure. Not not yeah, not, not yeah. anything else, but when you have all those games, yeah, you just chill in the casino all day. Yeah, PJ's day, everybody. Yeah, the first weekend, the first week. I was actually trying to go, but it's a different story, different day. Yeah, we'll one get day. into the March Madness stuff, college basketball. Obviously, we saw this week Clemson ACC basketball upsetting UNC. Shout out to all our dogs in Vegas, though. Yeah, facts. A lot of people out there doing their thing. All right, NBA trade deadline. Uh, we had plenty of Woj bombs. We had the Karina bombs. We had a Pat Bev bomb. As the the Sixers let go of Pat Bev Fucking to the Milwaukee Bucks, where he will have to uh, rekindle this relationship with Dame Time. Dude, my president of basketball operations is literally a terrorist, bro. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, Sixers fans, we'll, we'll have to talk about how you're feeling after that. So bad. We'll start with the New York Knicks. I'm a big fan of the it's New York start. Knicks. This is a good start. We will we, well, we'll start uh, on the... We'll start on the happier side. There we go. Yeah, that's better. That's better. The Knicks get some moves, getting bogey. 
sending away a lot of uh, a lot of pieces. But again, I think the the biggest thing to take note of for the Knicks and their moves here is in everything that they've done, including this is dating back to when they got OG Ananobi as well. They have not given up a first round pick for this for yeah, any so of those. Who, who'd you end up giving up in total, or like what'd you end up giving up in total? So it was all a lot of bench pieces. Like Fournier's gone. That's what I thought. Uh, Ryan. I don't want to mess up his name, dude. Archidiakon. Yeah, Archidiakon. Yeah, okay, there it is. So he's gone, which sucks because then there's like your uh, your Villanova gauntlet uh, is gone. There is right there. But there it is. So Bogey comes and Alec Burks returning. Okay, let's remember that. And then Pistons That's okay, get. So they, got, they got QG. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Okay, so yeah, Quentin yeah, yeah, yeah. Grime, Grimes goes. Malachi Flynn, who came over in the OG trade, he goes um, as well as Evan Fournier. And then. Uh, Fournier, sorry, and then Ryan Archidiakono. God damn, I'm going to struggle with that. And then two seconds. Now, like the big thing, too, with both of these pieces that they got from Detroit, that now puts the Knicks having four players that have a 40%. What's the word I'm trying to look three for? Percentage? Yeah, okay. Four, four guys with a 40% three-point percentage. And there's only they're one of three teams to do that with the Clippers and the Celtics. Very, very great stuff. It's a great stat Absolutely. there, especially for what we're seeing out of Dante DiVincenzo. After the OG trade, he goes into the starting role, and we talked about that. I love that he got into a starting role. Now maybe we'll see with these with, with the lineups and what they can do. You basically have two starting lineups, essentially, with, with again, that would assume that, obviously, Randall's back, assume that Mitchell Robinson's back, because then you have Isaiah Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson there at the five. And then you have you can build two starting lineups, which would potentially make Dante go to the second group. But like his last six or seven games, I mean he is he is taken over. And obviously last night with the loss against Dallas, he was the guy. Josh Hart had to step up. Jalen Brunson that, wasn't he playing. His line at twenty seven and a half. Yeah, I mean we, we were never seeing that from Dante. By the way, <laughs> never seeing that in Golden State. <laughs> a line going up like that. When they played, let me just say this. When they played the Sixers, this was maybe a month ago. I was at the when game. they blew him out. Yeah, you were at the game. His line in that game was 12.5 points. Over under 12.5 points. Now it's like he's scoring 30, 27, 28, 33, 34. It's like it's nothing. Crazy. So let's also not discredit. He's pulling 14 to 16 threes a game. Has to. But it's fine. I like it. Um, I'm very excited for the moves for the Knicks right now. Um, I mean, this is a you. You now have to put the New York Knicks in title contending teams again. Not healthy, not fully healthy yet. I think. I mean, personally, I think. I think people have been watching the season. They've been there just because the East. Like, I don't know. Like you say you believe in the Bucks, but like I've been trying to tell you. Like, well, now with the Doc stuff before here. Before Doc, I was trying to tell you they're not a good. Like they just don't play defense, bro. All in all, in all, like you got teams like the Celtics are generally like a tough team. Like they have tough people on that team. Like you guys are a tough team. Like you have tough people on the team. Before we got into the bullshit that we got into, think of like a healthy Joel and like a Pat Bev on our team before we did the bullshit we did. That's a tough team. Like you don't want to, you mean Cleveland's a tough team. So like. I don't want to see Cleveland exactly. at all, by the way. So exactly. But I think um, this addition, like I think the Knicks had a crazy base of just dogs, like inner core. Like if we want to say their core is Jalen, Julius Randle, Dante, Josh Hart. Like, that's just their core, the, where they get the energy of the team from. Like, that's a dog-ass group. Like, I take that five going to a fight against any five, other five in the NBA. Like, that's cool with me. And then you add other pieces that can just get a bucket. I don't love Alec Burks as much as I love Bogdanovich. But watching Bogdanovich, because the Pistons are a lead pass team I love to watch. I'm uh, You could just dump the ball from that left wing. 
Right, elbow extended, and he can just go get a bucket. And like, there's so many possessions you'll watch when you watch the Knicks in these high profile games, especially with Julius Randle out. But even when he's in the game, like I'm not saying Jalen Brunson has a deep bag, he has a very deep bag. But just because of his size factor, sometimes you can put like a, a taller guy on him with more size and get it frustrated. He can put him maybe make him more one dimensional. Julius Randle, we've seen him play games where he can get very one dimensional. And like the Knicks' problem, especially with the Cavs series last year, when they start taking those two guys away, they need to be able just to be able to dump it to one guy that can go get a bucket. Not every single time, but when you need him the most, like I kind of a la Tobias Harris bucket. You know what I mean? And Bogdanovich, I think, can do it better than Tobias Harris. So I think that's an excellent pickup that makes you guys even deeper. Alec Burks is cool too. He'll be cool off the bench for sure. And I think that's another guy who has playoff experience. Like you're trading guys like Malachi Flynn, QG, like. Got some playoff experience last year, but let's get some more season vets in here. Some guys who probably won't be calmer under pressure when their shots not falling out, lose confidence. I think the Knicks, me personally, you said stamp is for the Eastern Conference Finals, and I, I don't think it was like a, I don't think it was far fetched at all. I think you were trying to act like you were joking or whatnot, but like I think the only way you guys lose in the second round is if you played Boston. If you guys play the Bucks in the second round, like I, y'all could win that in five. Like it's not gonna happen. It'd probably take six, but bro, the Knicks gonna be the Eastern Conference Finals. Like unless y'all do something, unless y'all really, really fuck up or. Obviously, the OG injury sucks. Balls. I mean, yeah, that, we can go over if, that. If if we still have OG, I'm considering y'all winning that that Celtics series. I'm dead ass. Um, well, and it the door obviously was opened prior to the trade deadline, just because. I think. I mean, I don't with Joel Embiid going out. I mean, that opens yeah, the door for the Sixers. I think even with Joel Embiid, I think you guys are better. Or with if if we kept, if we had the same team, like said that Joel doesn't get hurt and we didn't just stupidly trade Pat Bev and Springer. And you guys still did what you guys did. I think the Knicks are still looking better. And I mean, it just deepens. It just deepens the, Deep the, the yeah, hundred percent. And then obviously last night we see the other Woj bomb about OG Ananobi, who has missed plenty of games so far down the stretch in what was a a a much needed defender when they lost that streak, and that was broken by the Lakers on Saturday night. And we see here from Woj. Surgery to remove a loose bone fragment in his right elbow will miss a minimum of three weeks. You have to assume it's more than three weeks at that point. They're saying that it really is going to be three weeks. I, I don't know if I can I believe, believe that. I don't believe shit, fuck, with these reports these days. I just, they, I can't they, see it being three Joel, weeks. They said Joel Embiid was missing a flab in his knee. Like, I don't really believe what I get out of these reports. What I do get out of this report is he's going to miss some time. All-star break's going to help. Yeah, for sure. He'll probably be back full strength. Right. May. You know what I'm saying? Or not, not May. Uh, what's the month? March. April. I'm fucking. Nah. Would you go to April? I was going to say the March. I was going to say the date, the, the, the month before April. March. I was on March. <laughs> um, I said fucking May. Uh, I think he'll be back like, quote unquote, full strength in March. Mid, mid, late March. Ease him into the playoffs. But I think it'll be something to watch. Like that, that injury could always pop up. You fall on it. Like it's weird, bro. Like. I I think he might be doing a deal where it's like our window, like you said, is is right now, and I gotta play, bro. Like I don't think it's that serious of an injury, but I'm just saying he's not. I don't think he's gonna be 100 percent this year. OG not 100 percent is gonna suck offensively, but I think defensively he'll still be able to give you that effort that's gonna be able to shut down, like not shut down, but give the Tatum's of the world problems, the D Mitchells of the world problems, and allow the Knicks to still be able to switch and and, and do the little things on defense that are so fucking annoying. Because you guys have eight players that can guard everybody. Um, thank God he's not done for the year. But I'm just going to be interested to see how close he is to 100%. And that's, that's why that, that Woj saying after dropping that bomb that OG's going to miss some more time, 
saying that he had tried resting, but the procedure turned out to be the best route to get him fully healed and playing again for the run in the postseason and for the rest of this regular season. And obviously, like you said as well, the all-star break does help a little bit. Um, but look, I mean, it, it's just crazy because the like as Knicks fans, we're on the highest of highs. And then it's like, oh, we can't, we just can't have any, everything cannot be perfect for Knicks fans. Like, you, you just, it can't all be fun and games. Like, I think the OG shit's just something to watch. Like, it's, I mean, people like us on talking, I mean, talking to the cameras and shit, we're going to like try to paint a picture. Like, ah, I could be something, but I, he'll probably be cool. It's 85% OG on that team is, is that's y'all still the monsters. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of bodies, bro. Even if one's at 85%, that's a lot of bodies, bro. I will, I will take it right now for what the East looks like, how the Knicks have been performing. They are, they are very, very good playing at home at MSG. Again, sure. outside of last night against Luka and the Mavs, you know, you, you just have to understand with, with practically nobody that can play. They only had eight guys that can go. I mean, that's just a, a loss waiting to happen. But I'm excited for the rest of the year. I'm excited to see, uh, you know, the All-Star, uh, like, post-All-Star break. We, we see, I saw some reports on the, uh, on, on the dunk contest, and there's just not a lot of big names that are in it. Jacob, I didn't even see it, Jacob Toppin is one of them. Uh, okay. As, as, I didn't even see he was in dunk. I don't know that. Jalen Brown, Mac McClung, who's doing it again, Jacob Toppin, and then Jaime from the Heat. That's our that's our four for the dunk contest. Our like, see if it was Jalen Brown, Jacob Top. I mean not Jacob Toppin, Jalen Brown, Obi Toppin maybe. But like everybody a, said when like, Obi won it a couple years ago that, that like he shouldn't have won it and he shouldn't nah, have even been it in wasn't it. Even about should I think he has the bounce and the creativity. He was doing shit. He could be in the dunk contest. But I'm just this is more of like so. You mean just if it was like Jalen Brown, Obi Toppin. Let's say we can still do Jacob Toppin. He has bounce. Maybe a healthy jaw, and then maybe like. Like someone else dumb springy. I'm trying to think that'd be interesting. Like maybe like a healthy Derek Jones or some shit like that. Like that'd be a lit dunk contest. Like dog, I miss when all-star weekends and, and pro bowls, like that shit used to really dog. I remember being in sixth grade. We linked up to watch Blake Griffin at the dunk contest. Like that was the reason we linked. It was like, I forget who else, I forget who else did the dunk contest, but it was like, yo, like Blake's about to get in the dunk contest. Like lob city. Like we are about to watch the dunk contest. Like, Bro, three point contest back in the day, like used to be loaded. Like they still kind of, they're still kind of loaded. But shout out like the the Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon days too. Oh, that shit! Like we'll never get some shit like that again. Like they're trying to do it with the NBA with like the fourth quarter shit with the with the All Star game. But them boys used to really hoop in the All Star game. Like it used to be like a tune up. Same with the Pro Bowl. It used to be like first quarter, like get your shots up, everyone kind of chill out. Second quarter, let's ramp it up a little bit, get a sweat. Third quarter, let's kind of hoop. And the fourth quarter it was like, yo, we trying to win the game, like. If you watch any old Pro Bowl, any old NBA All-Star game, I would say from like 2014, 2013, 2014 was like when it probably started getting a little weird. And before that, them boys was going for it. Like fourth quarter, them boys was, you know what I'm saying? They was hooping. I don't know what happened. I don't know if guys trying to chill. I know y'all got your money. You know what I mean? You're basically getting paid to come out here and jump 35 feet in the air, go between your legs five times, and God forbid you come out on your ankle. I get it. But damn, bro! Like, don't you want to be a part of legendary? Like, like, like you said, Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, Britton and Stone. Like, I'm gonna tell my kid, like, you want to watch the dunk contest? Like, watch that. Like, how about that? Let's, let's go put the highlights Jordan? on. Like, no, nah, let's watch that. Like, I think we got someone has to be able to try to change the culture to make these All Star weekends a little better. But I will better say though, for the dunk contest, at least for these these guys that don't get a lot of attention, it's cool. Mac Mac McClung, Jacob Toppin, and we see like they can get a lot of clout from it, a lot of followers. They can get some money out of it from winning. 
they get put in at least an opportunity to make a bigger name for themselves. So imagine if it was like six. Imagine if it was like not four people. Imagine if it was like six, and there was like two wild cards. There was like a Mac McClung and like a Toppin on top of the stars. It's like, all right, I'm gonna come watch PG Chad dunk. Who the fuck is Jacob Top? Damn. Right. Like, you know, I'm just not about to watch this anyway. Like You just got to find... Catch, whatever Mac McClung and, and Jacob Toppin do, I'm most likely going to catch it on Twitter. Like, I don't know what I'm right. going to be doing on that day when the dunk contest is on. Maybe I'll watch it. But, like, if I'm doing something or if I'm going out, which I assume is going to be on the weekend... You know what I'm saying, bro? You got to find it. We least. used to we used to plan to watch that. That's like my point. Like I used to plan like, "Oh, PG on there, like, oh, all right, they're going to have Ja, like, oh shit, Russ going to be on." Yeah, we got you trying to link up and watch that. Like I used to be a thing, bro. Don't nobody give a fuck about this shit no more. Like, no. It's sad. But you got to give a like we got to just find the like the smallest bit of positivity for it because there's a lot of hate around the dunk contest now. I At least any. I think I would say I would say I don't even remember the dunk contest last year. I remember Mac McClung won. I think he changed the jersey. I think he put some white jersey on. He got like he over six hundred thousand followers. Coach, like yeah, that's what's up, bro. But like, dog, that shit used to be star studded. Like I'm cool. If I, like honestly, Mac McClung might do some crazy shit. I should probably should watch Mac McClung. But like, bro, we used to have real stars in this shit, man. It used to be really like that. That's all I'm saying. And I was gonna say, just... I grew up when it used to be like that. There was there was the one dunk contest. You know what changed it? What was the? It was like who tried to who tried to dunk? It was Javel. Remember the one that was like Javel McGee was in it. He did some corny ass dunk, and everybody else. It was like they like drafted the teams. It was some corny shots. I'm pretty sure it was like 2015. I'm pretty sure it was a 2015 dunk contest. 2014 or 2015. The worst shit ever since then. You know, Aaron Gordon and them try to save it, and then we gotta revive our shit. Everybody wants to see the. Uh, it, it seems like the three point contest has taken over the hype then I've, over the dunk contest. I've, yeah, Jalen Brunson's in the three point. I like what they're doing this year. I think this Sabrina Steph thing is cool. I think Sabrina's going to fuck him up bad. Um, I think that's cool, though. But even the three-point contest, I feel like uh, maybe because, I don't know, maybe I'm maybe not. Three-point contest is still kind of like that. I just feel like the I feel like when, when the other events don't have the same aura, it takes away from the others, too. Like, you know what I mean? When the dunk contest are losing this spice, like, the, the way I looked at also weekend was like a kind of recurring thing. I forget what we started off with. I think it was a rising star games or whatever, but, or the skills competition and shit like that. And it's like, okay, like, all right, I might tune in tomorrow. And it's like, tomorrow's a three point contest. Like, all right, that was fire. Shit, I'm going to tune in tomorrow. Like, tomorrow's a dunk contest. Like, shit, all right. And they playing tomorrow. Like, it felt like a recurring rolling ball of a thing. Now it kind of feels like, all right, well, ain't nobody going to be playing in that. Uh, skill competition. They're going to have like seven. Uh, I ain't going to watch that. I might tune in for a three-point contest. All right. Who do who dunk contest? Matt McClung again? He going to win it. Uh, and what's the, the All-Star game on Sunday? They're not playing until the fourth quarter anyway. Like, it's just not like, you know what I'm saying? It's not the same feel. Unless you go. I feel like going to the All-Star event probably crazy. But I need them to revive it a little bit, man. I don't think it's ever going to happen, bro. Yeah, it's in it's it. in Indy this year. It has a big, big deal, man. celebrity game as well. It's a big deal. Like, when's the last time you see a kid a new All-Star jersey? Right. Probably just don't fucking matter. Remember the black Jones, the black with the red, with the red. Uh, well, I was gonna say. I mean, I don't know if I would want to get like you know. Sometimes they're like yellow and blue or something. No. I don't know if I want to get them. Like, get I that. mean, bro, the jersey was just like red and white the last year. It was like red and white, and the other ones was like. Bro, I remember. I vividly remember it was one year. I'm pretty sure it was like 16 or 15 or 14. One of the last good years. It was like a black jersey. The color was the 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 number was red. I vividly remember it. They had this shit in the front and back, and like people was copping that All Star jersey. I don't remember. The, I think that's the last All Star jersey I seen people like walk around with. 
maybe like besides like the NB when he won the MVP, like people was copying his all-star jersey because I was in the city and seeing it. So maybe, I don't know, maybe I just don't see it. But like, damn, that shit used to matter, bro. I feel like it shit used to matter more than it does now. It 100% know. used to matter more now. We, I mean, if you just, for it to like rank, you know, the, the all-star games and Pro Bowls, obviously, for every sport, Pro Bowl and NBA All-Star have taken a, a large decline. I would like to see the numbers on the ratings. It's probably bad. But even though, even... Did you he, watch the Pro Bowl shit? I didn't. I watched a little bit of the skills competition the night before. I didn't watch the Pro Bowl at all. Not at all. It's just weird. I'll just leave it at that. Shout out uh, to Eli Manning beating beating Shout Peyton's out. team back to back years. Shout I guess out. again trying to find a little bit of positivity Shout in it. Out. All right, back over to the trade le- deadline. Oklahoma City Thunder finalizing a deal here from another Woj bomb to send Trey Mann and Davis Bertans to the Hor- uh, to the Hornets for Gordon Hayward. So I was like, is this that big of a piece to add oh, to yeah. to Oklahoma oh, City? Yeah. Like, oh, is yeah. that going to skyrocket them even more? I mean, skyrocket them even more. I mean, they're the, number, they're the best team in the West right now, I think, Stan. I mean, I think this is a great piece for them because they, they needed some some older stability in that lineup. Um, And the thing is, like, they, what they gave up, I like Trey, man. Bertans puts up good numbers, like, three-point percentage-wise, but just watching the Thunder, I watched him a good bit this year. He, he wasn't adding the value that I thought when I saw he was on that team that he was going to add. So I think getting Gordon Hayward in here... You know he can get you a bucket. You know he can knock down that shot for you. And not even on top of that, just the veteran presence in that young-ass Yeah, that's a great point. Young, I mean, young head coach. You know what I'm saying? So I think that the – I think the intangibles of this trade outweigh the tangibles way more. But Gordon Hayward can still hoop. I think a lot of people – because he kind of got lost in that cycle of let me get my bread out Charlotte. Like, I think him and Terry Rozier got caught in a little cycle where it was like, let me get paid. I'm going to go to a worse team and get paid. And people kind of forgot, like – Oh, Terry can hoop. Oh, and people gonna see it now with Gordon Hayward. Like, oh, Gordon can Gordon can hoop hoop still. Like, yeah, yeah. That's that's why I, I think it's gonna be a really good trade. Yeah, and, and I mean, if I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Knicks, so I'm on the East side. Obviously, I'm scared of a lot of those teams in the West right now. I mean that that West, the West is what we can see. The West is insane, bro. Even what the play in would be. In the West, the can play in rate like the West is crazy. It's bro. unbelievable. There's crazy. just so much more competition there, and that's obviously again, Embiid's hurt. The East, the East at the top before the Embiid injury, but like full top to bottom, the West clear. Top to bottom for sure. I'm close. very scared of a lot of those Western teams. Close. We'll talk a little bit about the Sixers here as the Pacers trade Buddy Heald to the Sixers for Marcus Morris and Furkan Korkmaz with three second rounders. Which later the Pacers waived Corkmaz as well. Did you like the move of Buddy? Yeah. Obviously, going into the free into the free agency next year, maybe look to get a, a re-signing there. Uh, Sixers fans at least can be happy about this. Buddy was cool. I mean, I don't got too much to say about Buddy. I mean, everyone's cool, with Buddy. You know what I mean? That was just the trade that we were like, all right. Yeah. And that was to start the day. That was that's what I'm saying. That, that was, was to that start was the like, day. Was it was like, like oh, was wait like, a minute, uh, the Sixers might be onto something. But then Pat Bev goes to the Milwaukee Bucks, and. Uh, where he announced it on on the their the Pat Bev Pod Twitter page, they were able to drop the bomb too. My Lord. And then later in the day, the Newell House and a twenty twenty four second uh, from the Knicks. That to was the before. Pistons. No, that was before. So that was that was that was the two deals going to be made before Pat. Bev. That was before Pat. Bev? Everything okay. was cool. Everything was so cool. I was like, all right, cool. We making some moves. That's cool. That's cool. We trade Pat Bev for Cam Payne. 
and a 2027 then we, second. And then we trade Jaden Springer. I'm going to ask you, besides Tyrese Maxey and Jaden Springer, how many, and I may be Paul Reed, how many young Sixer players have you have we groomed and kept in this city for a long time? Like, very, very little. When you have a piece, and I'm and I'm, I'm going to Pat Bev in this as well, two pieces, because Pat Bev's the main, okay, was the offense a little helter-skelter sometimes when he was in the lineup, running the second group, running the point guard? Yeah, 100%. Do I think did I think what he added everywhere else in the team outweighed that 100 percent And did I think that he could fix that going to playoffs because he's a professional veteran basketball player? I, I think he could have figured it out offensively 100 percent He was playing well offensively, but just the offense looked a little unorganized. I think you'd be able to figure that out. Uh Jaden Springer, I mean, if you just watch him play in the with, with the Sixers, you could just tell this is gonna be a player that like in a playoff series is gonna be giving Jalen Brunson a problem when he's in the game. Like he might not play 30 minutes. He might only play 17, but those 17 minutes, he going to be in Jalen Brunson's ass. When Jalen Brunson thinks he has a break, it's not a break. He can punch his shot. He's going to chase down. He's going to be in your mitt. He's going to be in mitt the whole possession. And I think having two guys like that on a Philly team at that, like think about the Knicks. Like Think about the guys who's on the Knicks. Like there's certain guys you want to keep in New York. Like New York's not the same without Josh Hart and Dante DiVincenzo. Not the same without Jalen Brunson. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just not the same. Like, I don't think Pat Bev got the tenure to fully get that stamp. But to me, I think he had that effect on the team. Like, Joel loved him. I think Toby loved him. Reese loved him. I think everyone was really on board. I think Nick Nurse loved having him. And I think when, obviously, we have an injury and shit like that, right? Maybe this year's chalked. But, I mean, God damn. These are pieces for the future. With Joel Embiid, obviously, the knee injury, you don't know how many times this guy can keep hurting his knee and come back and average 36. That's a very real conversation that they definitely had in that front office. But I'm, we got to at least try to see what he can give us for one more, two more. This is a very special player. I think giving up players like this will definitely hurt you in the long run. Campaign, good basketball player. Do I think campaign's an overall probably better, mm, t- tangibly a better basketball player than Pat Bev? Like what you see on the on the camera, tangibly? Probably, yeah. Would I rather have campaign or Pat Bev on my championship team? It's not even close. I'd rather have Pat Bev off my off my bench. I was gonna say I think I think Pat Bev for the for the city of Philadelphia was the best possible for any team. Listen to LeBron talk about Pat Bev. Best possible guy that you could get, veteran leader. I think for any team, dog dog of a player. When 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 the Warriors like the Philly mentality, the Warriors went down through. I'm thinking the Warriors went down three one to the to the fucking Clippers. Who was the backup point guard in everyone's beak? It was Pat Bev. Like he's just that kind of player, bro. Where I think if you have him, you got to try to find a way to work around the second lineup because he just adds so much to the city, adds so much to the team. I think we're gonna be hurting off this. I think Daryl Moore is a terrorist. I think James Harden was 100% correct. You can look up that video on YouTube right now and type in James Harden says Daryl Morey's a liar. Remember last two years ago when he stood in front of that group and we're all like, what the fuck wrong with James Harden? Why are you doing this? And he was like, Daryl Morey is a liar. He is a liar and I will never play for an organization that he is a part of ever again. I thought, I love James Harden too. You knew that too. I thought, I'm like, this motherfucker going crazy. No, he was right. Because Pat Bev posted the clip on Twitter. He was talking, he was like, he was in, they were never. He was like, yo, Daryl, I'm going to get traded. I'm going to get traded, bro. You... No, no way, Pat. The next day, trade motherfuckers. I'm eager to see, though. We be pointing a finger at a lot of people. When it comes to the Sixers thing, we point a finger at a lot. Players, coaches. 
I think this organization has been run by terrorists the last couple of years. We just coming. I mean, bruh. They Jimmy Butler just said Jimmy Butler had one request. I'll come back and play. He didn't accommodate his request. That guy went to the finals with the eight or not the eight seed, but the eight seed team. Almost went to the finals with the eight seed. I just gotta think we might have a terrorist in the building. Well, you know I mean, I, I'm for the Pat Bev trade for the Bucks at least. I'm eager to see as we talk so highly of him being this veteran in the locker room. Him and Dame. I'm. Well, that too, but I'm just eager to see what the struggles that the Bucks have had as Doc Rivers has become head coach. I'm eager to see if this addition, this veteran unit that they can get out of Pat Bev, if he can kind of help That's turn the, the mojo around. He, 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 but Pat Bev's not that guy. Like he's a great piece of that puzzle. Like you, like I think what it, I think that like the, I don't think he's gonna come in and and, and help the Bucks. I think he's gonna be help him as a good player, but. I think they're fucked. Like, I think their problems go way deeper than Pat Bev coming in here and yelling at people to play defense. Like, I I think, <laughs> like, you know what I'm, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, people to play defense. like, may, may, like maybe, like, because they are missing a little attitude, right? They are missing some attitude. But I think that team, I think the problems are way deeper than Pat Bev. Like, I don't, I don't know. You watch the Sixers choke the series away to the Celtics last year. It's like, damn, like, someone just have some balls and, like, stop. Like, where's the attitude at? Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, I feel like not even only Patrick Beverly, but I feel like even Kelly Uber, the way he played basketball. I feel like those two came in and kind of added a little bit more attitude. They got some attitude over there. I mean, you mean Jay Crowder, Bobby Porter, the Lopez brothers? I mean, you we can add Giannis, Dane. They got some attitude over there. They still get beat by the Blazers. They still get, they won in five since they got docked. They were bad before docked. Does Pat Bev fix that? I don't know. I think they made some 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 weird mistakes too. I mean, Grace Allen looks like the best role player in the league right now, shooting like forty six percent from three, looking like he's at, he's really helping lead the Suns resurgence. He was just in that locker room over there. Couple guys that were in that locker room that they got rid of. I think their problems are way deeper than Pat Bev going over there. And I think I, I've been before the season started. No bullshit. When they went over there, I was on the. I was like, oh yeah, the Bucks gonna be that. Like it's over. It's over. I shit you not. And I didn't I remember when that video came out of Dane walking into the building and people were making a big deal of it. I didn't make a big deal out of it at all. Like I didn't I, at all. But I just remember watching it being like, hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's a little weird. And people were like, yeah, he didn't always want to be he wanted to be in Miami. He didn't want to be here. So I'm like thinking, like, all right, Dame's a pro. Like he can figure it out. All all NBA guy, he'll figure it out, even if he doesn't want to be here. But when things don't go well, Alex, and you're not where you want to be. It's hard to turn it around. So I'm sorry, Pat Bev. I'm miss you. I hope you can help the Bucks out. He likes Doc Rivers, so that's a good start. But <laughs> that's a good start. You heard it here first. I don't think it's going to be the, the Pat Bev trade is not going to do all that much for the Milwaukee Bucks as we head over to the NFL honors and our 2024 award winners. We'll kick it off with the MVP, Lamar Jackson. We all knew it was coming. Gets the MVP award, has a nice little uh, funny speech there saying uh, a, a nod to the Ravens organization for getting the contract done. Uh, something a little uh, funny to look at here as you look at the votes. Josh Allen getting that the one MVP vote. Heinous. And what's, what's uh, I guess, a little weird to see Christian McCaffrey not getting a single vote, Brock Purdy not getting a single vote, Dak Prescott not getting a single first place vote. The only first place vote besides Lamar Jackson's 49 was Josh Allen. Uh, and and I just, again, as I've been stating 
for, for many weeks throughout this NFL season about this quarterback MVP award. You can't get even one singular first-place vote to Christian McCaffrey. I, I mean, I've just been a backer for him all year about we got it. We got it. If you look at the 49ers, and I've said it, if you look at the 49ers without CMC, they're not here. They're just not. So I think you got to give him at least a little bit of respect. No. I understand he gets no, the offensive player of the year. No. That's an MVP caliber no, player. I see see I see this so much differently than you see it. I see whoever that one is next to Josh Allen is a bitch ass motherfucker. For what? Cause you don't think those guys in the committee that vote, you don't think they know each other? You don't think they I'm not saying they talk in a group chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you don't think golf out and it, four of them might not golf together. You don't think that four knows a little bit more about a couple other groups of people that work for the athletic and this. You know, so you don't think they know where people are going to vote? You don't think that Wiley, Renown, it was people like, yeah, everyone's voting for Lamar Jackson. You don't think there's people that probably thought Josh Allen was the MVP that were like, damn, yeah, everybody's voting for Lamar Jackson. Like, man, he might be able to do something special. He might be the first two-time unanimous MVP ever as a black quarterback. He might do something real special. I, I'm going to say think, but I think I know. Because I went to his Twitter. <laughs> I saw what he looked like. I heard him talk. I think he was on his, I'm going to prove my point as a writer or as a content guy or whatever that I'm correct, that I think Josh Allen was the MVP. I'm not going to let history, which which I can respect to an extent, but I'm not going to let someone making history sway my vote, yada, yada. I get it, bro, but I think it. people talk about how I have mindset, this and that. I just think it's a little different when it's something like this going on. It's 49 to 1, bro. Like, you could still vote for Josh Allen to be Offensive Player of the Year. You could vote for him first-team All-Pro. You can do a lot of things. You guys can go into this guy's Twitter and research what he was saying because he has an article about the first, why he voted. He votes his MVP to be the first-team All-Pro quarterback. It's all these type of things. Just to say some underlining things that I think is going on, which he's not trying to be willing to say. I won't shout out his Twitter, but I want to just give a quick fuck you to the one guy that gave Josh Allen a vote. Not to say that you weren't worthy of votes, Josh Allen, because I think there's probably – 12, 13, 14, 15 guys that probably thought you were the MVP too that were probably like, damn, but Lamar probably could get two-time unanimous. We just going to go ahead. So fuck the one guy. That's my thoughts on the MVP. Christian McCaffrey gets Offensive Player of the Year. Tyree Kill with seven first-place votes compared to the 39 to CMC. CD gets one. Lamar gets three. And Dak at zero there. Look how easy it is. Yeah. I mean, well, we all knew at least uh, you know CMC was going to get this. Would have been a little bit different if Tyreek didn't sit out those games with his injury, see if he was able to touch 2,000, um, put him in the MVP conversation for 2,000. Obviously, it wouldn't have mattered, but Absolutely. for the conversation's sake. And now, then we, I'm just saying, out of those, how many votes did CMC get? 39. How many of you guys do you think were like us that were like, I mean, the real MVP of the league probably is CMC? Probably 39. Right. <laughs> so the one guy pissed me the fuck off. And then we go to the defensive player of the year, which is Brown's defensive end, Miles Garrett, with 23 first-place votes, compared to our second our second place uh, here at TJ Watt with 19. And that's a big controversy. You see that uh, TJ Watt tweeting after uh, about it. I think it was something like, you know, nothing but it seems or something, or, or all but I could do or something like that. Uh, there are those, those Steelers fans riding for TJ Watt there. A lot of other people also thinking that T.J. Watt should have got that. Very big toss-up between the two. Miles Garrett uh, does does claim that. Did you think T.J. had a shot to get it? Do you think he could have got it? Do you think he should have got it? 
I ain't mad at her. How could you be mad at Miles Garrett one over you? True. You know what I'm saying? Like, also, let's talk about that too. We've been saying all year about this. You could watch them both, man. And it's like, bruh. You, you got to give credit to this division, though, too. We've been talking about it all year. One of the best divisions in football, AFC North. And you got Browns and Steelers as one and two as defensive player of the year. I, I personally think, I don't think Micah Parsons has enough first place votes. Yeah, I he's think, at seven. I think from the three way, it should be way more even. I think. As Micah Parsons' career goes on and as he gets more of a voice in the locker room and more of a voice in the front office, seeing his brother tweet, I don't know if you saw his brother tweet, how they think he's more of a middle linebacker type. I don't think he's going to end up being playing like a middle linebacker type. But what I think is going to happen is like you see, how, like you watch Miles Garrett play football, you might think he can just do whatever the fuck he wants on the D-line. Like he might be at nose tackle. He might be in a three-point stance. He might stand up. He might play the 3-4 technique on the outside. Like I think you're going to start seeing Micah Parsons do more of what the fuck he wants to do out on the football field. And now that defensive player of the year race gets like, cause then it's like, who the fuck? I don't really care, bro. Oh, he got three more sacks than that guy. I mean, he might still be better. Like that's a situation where I feel bad for TJ. Yeah, but it's like, man, I ain't gonna sit here and say Miles Garrett should have won Defensive Player of the Year. How the fuck dumb? You gonna sound dumb as hell? Like, unless you were Steelers fan, like you just sound dumb. Right. As Most hell. Steelers fans here are on that yeah, as well. Yeah. Offensive Rookie of the Year, CJ Stroud. We knew that was coming. Forty-eight to two, and the two being Puka Nakua. I understand it. I think he could have won it if. CJ just didn't have this phenomenal year and also helping this Texans franchise completely switch and turn around. I'm obviously you cannot not agree with the decision here. I like that Puka at least got two first place votes. I think he was in that caliber to do that. I don't think there was a better second place fit. I know you obviously see the other guys down here, Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, and uh Bijan Robinson. I think Puka was was the solid second place option. Um, I'm happy he at least got recognition for getting two. Is that wrong to say? Nah, I feel bad for Jameer Gibbs, Tim Porter, and, and Bijan Robinson. You guys all could have won unanimous Offensive Rookie of the Year in any other year. Yeah, if it wasn't for CJ Stroud. Like, CJ Stroud, you could have won unanimous any other year. Puka Nakui could have won unanimous any other year. If it wasn't for the five in this group, I think we're going to come back. Like, you know how people go back to 2016 double XL freshman group with like Uzi, Kodak, and them? Like, I think that's the NFL's like, people are like, what? Wait, Brady leaving, and, and Kelsey about to retire. The league not going to be in good hands. Like, just screenshot this offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year, really. Like, votes, and you, we're going to be in good hands. Which is where we go, the, the uh, defensive rookie of the year. This is back-to-back sweeps. Last year, we had Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner, and this year, we have C.J. Stroud and our defensive rookie of the year, Will Anderson Jr., 16 first-place votes compared to Jalen Carter and Kobe Turner Tied for a second at 14, and then uh, Witherspoon and Porter Jr. after that. I, I like the uh, the Will Anderson win here. Going to have those Eagles fans kind of the same thing with TJ Watt there at, at getting second that, that think that Jalen could have got it. Uh, but again, it goes back to what the Texans team was able to do, what D'Amico Ryan was able to come in and do and, and flip this team around. I'm happy that we got another sweep back-to-back years. I'll take it. I'll take the Will Anderson win. Yeah. As an Eagles fan, yeah, are you are you? No, I don't give a fuck. I don't. I mean, bro, people who get caught up on awards, it's crazy to me. Yeah, like, I think like like at least like the offense, like the the rookie stuff, like that's cool. Like you never like the rookie of the year stuff with Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons, like like bro, like these like you want to hear listen to CJ Stroud talk about the? Did you hear him talk about the rookie of the uh, offensive rookie of the year thing? Like he was like, I came off the field one game, and one of the guys was like, "Dog, you you solidified offensive rookie of the year this game." 
it was like, bro, what? I want an MVP. Like, don't know if, like, right, like right. It, it's for sure cool to have because yeah. when you look back, you got your kids and your grandkids, like, damn, I won rookie of the year or whatever. Like, that's dope as fuck. But I think being recognized in the group is, is really important and more so important to win the award. Like, I think Jalen Carter's going to be pissed because he feels like he could have won it. But I think that looking back on it, he's going to be like, damn, I'm in a group, like, like I said, with the offensive rookies. The defense rookies, bro, it's just a special group. And you know, I personally think my take is there's a, a horrendous snub here. Like, Brian Branch isn't even on the list. That's bad. Like, you know what I mean? Shut my lines, fans. I'm sorry. I've been on the Brian Branch way for a long time. That boy's a problem. He should probably be on this list. But, I mean, Joey Porter Jr. and Devin Witherspoon both had tremendous years. Arguably the best player on their defenses as well. Like, when I say take the screenshot when I was like, go to defense too, like, we're straight, bro. Like we got some. I think something we got in, some hoopers in here. Like I think sure. something like something important to to look at as well for these awards for like the people that and the fans that don't necessarily care. It does the winners. It highlights the team as a whole, mm-hmm. the organization for the year that we had. Mm-hmm. So yes, if you miss out and and the one singular player misses out, you know you talk about what Lamar Jackson said after the MVP. I shout out my offensive line. Shout out my team. The team got me to this point to win this award. This is a team award. I can't do that with anybody else. And you just get to highlight the team and what you guys were all able to accomplish in in the season. So in that sense, for the Texans here, you get offensive and defensive rookie of the year. It just highlights again what this season was for them and how great it was. So I, I will give the props there. And obviously, you know, if Jalen Carter was to, you know, was able to do that, would have been a shout out to the Eagles, get them some more attention. But then it would have been like, well, then, you know, how do we have all these pieces? And then we just choke. I think that's just Maybe that's just that's me being a hater. This is, that's, this is that word, and this is a word that motherfuckers care way too much about. Yeah. Um, okay, we have the comeback player of the year, which most people thought was going to be DeMar Hamlin. And then there was that debate with Joe Flacco. Crazy stuff here with the votes. Joe Flacco gets 13 first place compared to DeMar Hamlin's 21 first place votes. But Joe Flacco getting 26 second and 8 third puts him at 151 points compared to the DeMar Hamlin 140. I This is no disrespect to DeMar Hamlin. This was Joe Flacco's award. Had to be. Yeah. Had to be. And I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Uh, Baker getting in there as well. Stafford getting in there. What the fuck did he come back from? <laughs> nah, <laughs> seriously, what the fuck did Baker come back from? Like actually, was it just was it just because he started in in Tampa and had to do a whole restart in another franchise? That's a comeback. I don't know. I don't think so. But someone let me know in the comments what Baker Mayfield came back. From. I don't know what he came back. We're from. not making the votes. I don't know what he came back from. <laughs> and then uh, another Cleveland Brown third Cleveland Brown to win an award. Coach of the year Kevin Stefanski. Everybody essentially knew this was coming just because bounce between quarterbacks, still able to make the playoffs. Obviously, against the Texans, not the way we wanted to see you guys go out uh, in that fashion, I should say. But Kevin Zafanski, what, what you were able to do with the pieces that you lost, um, you know, way to go. <laughs> way to go. Right, that's that's a that's a solid award there. Uh, as you look at the list here, Kevin Stefanski, D'Amico Ryans, that's another one right there, 21 to 20 in the first place votes. Dan Campbell, Kyle Shanahan, and John Harbaugh. Those are your 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 nominees there. I would have liked to are see we serious? Matt LaFleur I say, like, like, get a nomination. Like, can we be can we be for real for you a know? second? I mean, 
I would like to see, and I'm, it's not that I would like to. I'm just shocked. Like that to, I'm about to say, what, let's talk Matt LaFleur is Ryan. not in there. Talk, why, and why are we not even talking about, about it? Right That's what I'm saying. No, no one has like, said people anything. People are making a lot of big deals about the tie. I think D'Amico possibly could have won too, but it's the face of the, like, I, that's a great story in itself. Shout out them too. Where the fuck is Matt LaFleur? And no one's talking about it either. Where is like, where, where is Kyle Shanahan and John Harbaugh? Are we serious? Okay. You know what I'm saying? She says, y'all have had me for a couple weeks, man. I just, I think maybe even with the even with the rookie of the year, can we go to six? Can we just make it six? Like, ah, like LaFleur needs some recognition for what he did. Right, that's what I was going to say. You got to at least highlight what they were able to do. They were dead. Dead. Like, mind you. The, the they had no business in the playoff, getting in the, the playoffs. The no rookie, business. The rookie quarterback that everyone loves now. I was like part of the minority early on in the season where I was like, no, nah, no, nah, he cool. Like, it's the guy, it's the guy. It's the... They didn't know they had a quarterback. They didn't have Aaron Jones. They didn't know they had a quarterback. They ended up, right. yeah, I mean, my fault, Matt. Maybe, and our... maybe, maybe, maybe it was a little, maybe it was a little easier than we thought. And our last award there, Walter Payton, man of the year, Cameron Hayward. Great job for what you've done this season on and off the field. Always nice to highlight the players and what they do off the field even though we know what they're doing on the field. As we head over to Super Bowl 58, 49ers and Chiefs. Chiefs wearing white. 49ers going with the red, and we've seen some crazy stats there with uh, with teams that wear white and teams that uh, teams that are wearing their white jerseys, their white jerseys, and teams that, that are, aren't that successful in the Super Bowl and teams that are wearing red in their home jerseys are a little bit more successful. We remember when the Chiefs beat the uh, 49ers, Different jerseys. Again, there's just little yeah, things to think is, about. Yeah, there's little things to think about. We're, we're seeing the new game, we're seeing the new conspiracy theories of the thirteen. I saw uh oh I saw Taylor Luan saying this. I gotta give the shout out there. That's the first I saw this. It's uh her thirteenth Taylor Swift's thirteenth appearance at a Chiefs game. Her favorite number is thirteen. The 49ers, four plus nine is thirteen. The Chiefs are the three seed, the 49ers are the one seed. That's thirteen. It's a thirteen hour flight from Tokyo to Vegas. So many different pieces of 13 uh, where these crazy uh, conspiracies are finding their ways into this Super Bowl matchup as we uh, we, we kick it off here. We're seeing some movement. Bro, y'all are slow as fuck. <laughs> I'm telling you. you. guys are dumb as fuck. I'm just, I'm just feeding into it. I'm not the one finding it. I'm just feeding All into it. All of you are dumb as fuck. <laughs> All of you are dumb as fuck. 49ers, one and a half point favorites are over under at 47 and a half per ESPN bet. Um, I... Again, I've said it. I've been the hater for the Chiefs. I don't want to see them win again. It's not that I don't want to see Patrick Mahomes get his third. I just don't really feel like seeing the Chiefs again. Um, but in this in this situation, I don't need to sit here and tell you that Patrick Mahomes is this statistically and Brock Purdy is this statistically and Kyle Shanahan versus Andy Reid. You don't need to hear their stats. The Chiefs are underdogs again. That's the biggest narrative to follow. How can they be underdogs? The only way that they could be underdogs is it would be like Vegas pushing us to just hammer the Chiefs and have a line out the door of Chiefs, 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 and then the 49ers win and Vegas just cashes out because we have to know that everybody's on the Chiefs and everybody's a little bit of a stretch because I've seen some more 49ers help, seen some some uh, million-dollar bets going down, laying down on the 49ers' money line. But to the same token, again, if you're an underdog, Patrick Mahomes, he wants to be the villain and shut it all down. And we saw in media week on the first day of it in the stadium, 
everybody booing Travis Kelsey. He's on the mic, and he's like, you guys are making me fired up right now. I want to go play. Patrick Mahomes the same way. I want to be that villain. I want to to end this whole hate on me. That's fine. I'll go win another one right in your face. I I just I, I have to say that the Chiefs are winning this. There's there's no other outcome that I see. I don't see the 49ers winning. CMC, maybe you score two touchdowns. It does it doesn't it doesn't matter. It it really doesn't for me. Debo's gonna play. Good for you. Um the Chiefs defense right now has been spectacular in this postseason, and I do not see this going any other way. The Chiefs are going to take this Super Bowl. There's no other way. And and I've seen so many 49ers. Uh, as the week has gone on and progressed, I've seen more 49ers tickets showing, more media personnel, 49ers, 49ers. I don't think like I don't think this is as clear cut as people think. I like the Chiefs, but I, it's very weird. I like the Chiefs for other reasons. As the world, me included, I look back. I think it might have been week eight or nine. Pat Mahomes crying for crying for penalties and flags and shit. You know what I mean? People are starting to turn the turn the table on on Pat Mahomes. People are starting to call him a cry baby. This that a third. And even when it comes down to the game, like people like like one of the I think you almost started to say it when you're like Pat Mahomes. Like we don't want to see Pat Mahomes win. Like Pat Mahomes. Like I don't want. I don't. I don't like Pat Mahomes family. Like this and this is so not not a conclusion that I kind of came to. I'm just it's growing on me. As more we see the dad coming to the mix with the family, like, I don't know, like, you know how everyone has an outlet? Like, I think football is past outlet from his crazy-ass family, if you get, if you know what I'm getting at. Like, I, I, I think people kind of, like, see him as one big team, like, man, fuck Pat Mahomes because his brother, like, that. Like, I don't know. I think football might be part of, like, him being that great of football might be part of the cope of having a brother that's kind of, like, you know what I mean? On that side, like him being that great at football might be the cope for having a dad that was a professional baseball player that probably couldn't spend the most time with his kid. But besides that, it was like training and helping him get good at the sports that he can help him get good at. Like I've heard stories, obviously this is internet stories and, and, and internet articles about Pat Mahone's mom, but it sounds like she's a little Cocoa Puffs too. Like I've started to look into Pat Mahomes more as we kind of hail him as like this great and his goat to be. Like I like to look into these guys. Who are they as people? Like that's kind of why lately I've been shading towards Jordan than like LeBron, which is just a different debate for a different day. Look at Pat. Like I look at someone who's really like he, someone that people can relate to more because everyone has a situation where they feel like the, like their world's coming down on them. His just has, happens to be his house, and we can all can fucking relate to that. Where like I feel like. His household is way more of a mess than we think it is. And football is just him going out there and, like, Tom Brady, like, Super Bowl, like, age championship, like, pressure. Like, I deal with this at the crib, bro. Like, I even saw the way he dealt with when people were asking about the question about his dad getting a DWI. Like, I look at this guy as someone who's, like, like, even Jordan had his gambling problem. Like, maybe basketball was a gigantic coat for what he had dealing with behind the scenes with gambling. People say that was responsible for his father i disagree but who knows like he maybe that maybe he was on the basketball court going on a like on going on a tear because of what happened with his dad you know what i mean i look at maybe pat Mahomes going on a tear for having a fucking household that's on fire i we think the kardashians is good bro <laughs> if we got a camera in there bro i think that shit would do crazy numbers and i've kind of been more of a fan of those guys that people were like quick to like You've always had it the right way. You've always had a hundred. You bought the silver spoon. I'm like, I mean, he probably has some money because it's pop playing the league. But look at, like, look at these family pit. Look at what's going on. Like, 
it always seems to be something crazy with someone different in his family. Like, it's not just Jackson. It's not just... I'm kind of fucking with him. Because he reminds me of the people that can that can find, like, the locus of control of the chaos. Like, I can still become a goat coming out of the crib like this. Like, how many goats do you know come out of cribs like this? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm starting to fuck with Pat Mahomes and root for the Chiefs for different reasons. Even Andy Reid, bro, the shit he's done with his kids. How many great coaches could deal with that? Move cities and still be great. He had to draft Mahomes. He wasn't gifted as he moved cities for a lot of reasons, got fired for a lot of reasons. But I mean, people argue he could have he really could have used a reset from Philly, obviously, because of what happened with his children. Like, bro, I respect the fuck out of people that people think had it the easy way. And then you look under the veil and it's like, this is like it's a fucking mess. Like, how'd you win this many super? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, I'll rock with them. Like, so I'm kind of fucking with the Chiefs like Chiefs in this Super Bowl because Obviously, they're underdogs in the book, but this is one of the first times where I feel like people are really like, bro, someone beat these motherfuckers. Like how that used to be back in the day with with, Pat, with Tom Brady. And I was like that back in the day because I didn't really understand people like that. But now that I understand people, I'm like, damn, bro. Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes. I'm sure we could find out some shit about Kelsey because, I mean, there's no way those two are that fucking just like they got to be sickos in their own right. I I come to fuck with the people that are just pure underdogs. And maybe hopefully the, the, the perfect story for me out of this would be Pat Mahomes win this one. And then just from the Super Bowl, maybe like the mic'd up clips, the interviews, we learn more about Brock Purdy because he's been talking more this week and I've come to like fall in love with Brock Purdy as a person. He seems like a dope ass. Dude. Yeah. I'd love to be my quarterback. Maybe it turns an arc for him that's like, this is his underdog story. This is underdog yeah. arc and we find out more about Brock Purdy. But I'm learning, I don't know. I'm trying to fuck with the Chiefs guys more because I, I was on this podcast saying that like, damn, I'm trying to figure out, I'm finding out that Pat Mahomes is a pussy. And I'm like, wait, I don't know. If you got a household like that and you're able to do what you're doing, you might not be a pussy, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's hard, bro. People can't go to work and have fucked up households. Like, that. just think about that. People be like, I got to call out of work. Like, my, like, bro, this motherfucker won the six straight Asian championships. People stay in the headlines. Like, and they are crazy as shit. We see it. Like, I'll fuck with you, fam. And Purdy on- You get my money for that. Purdy on an $870,000 salary this year. Uh, you know, I, Kirk Cousins you was- You saw Nick Bosa say he's Nick Bosa. was like, how do you have confidence? Yeah. He was like, I didn't have confidence. I was a second pick. Right. Like, bro, we're going to find out a lot about Purdy. And I think people are going to turn that, trying to, because people, because people are just trying to, like, a lot of this stuff, especially with Pat Mahomes early in his career and people with the family, especially with Jackson, early in his career with Jackson. And now his, his dad's in the media. And when he gets a DWI, people are trying to poke at it too. I think with these people that we cannot believe, where the fuck did they come from? Like, this guy from Texas A&M that we never heard about in college, we never really focused on in college besides maybe one or two games. This guy, Brock Purdy, that, like, whenever we watched him at Iowa State, didn't look that great. Last pick in the draft. Like, how is he doing this right now? Like, we try to, like, find and poke and find their holes instead of just being like, bro, this guy got picked 1,076th and is shitting on everyone, bro. Regardless of what you think it's, like, whatever you think his game's like, whether you think it's a Derek Fisher package where I'm just Mr. Fundamental or he's fucking LeBron. He's winning games and he's doing it at the highest level and it's it's something you gotta respect. Like this might be the closest thing we've gotten to a Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Western Conference Finals in a long time. Like Mr. Fundamental, Brock Purdy, and then give me the Bomba and Pat Mahomes. Like I think both of these guys need to be celebrated, but right now I'm I'm kind of on my appreciation of the Chiefs and hopefully Andy gets his one more too. But I'm just starting to peep with these people. Like I'm starting to peep a lot of weird stuff going on with the Cam stuff in the media. Like I get Cam Newton, I love Cam Newton, but like with his whole game manager and game. Saying that he's the, he's not the I tenth think pe- best no, person. No, but I think roster. people are taking his his conversation because this is what people do. It's like the goat debate. Like someone, one person says LeBron's better than Jordan, and it's like it becomes this ten year drawn out thing. We're pulling out now. We're going into 
Jordan's gambling addiction. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of see the same thing happening with the game manager thing, where it's like, now nah, we're doing, now nah, we're doing a little too much. Like, I'm, like, I, I peeped it when I watched the, um, when we watched the, I watched the, the, um, the Packers game. When I came on the podcast and I was like, damn, nah, Brock Purdy really, I mean, he had to make, obviously it wasn't his best game, but he had to deliver, make some throws, remind me of like an Eli Manning kind of thing. And it's like, all right, bro. Like, I mean, he's doing it. Let's just sit back and watch it. Like, instead of just watching the whole game, like, Oh my God, there it is. Look, he tried to throw it out route. It wasn't complete. It wasn't perfectly completed. Like, bro, all right, he's not CJ Stroud, bro. Like, it's cool. Like, Eli won two versus the GOAT. Like, right. Eli was I great. Saw what like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Kirk Cousins was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday he's a great on example. Thursday. And he said a, a really good point that resonated well with me where he said, look, that unfortunately, where he was drafted as the last pick yeah talking about Brock Purdy where he was drafted as Mr. Irrelevant the last pick in the draft unfortunately that's going to carry with him through his entire career and where a lot of these comments are stemming from where oh he's the last pick he's a game manager but he was the last pick he's playing at Iowa last year Iowa State last year like and or two years ago I should say and you look at it and he's like if he was a top 10 pick none of these comments would really be said, or if they were, we can't, would really we mean can't, anything. We can't believe the 49ers believed in Brock Purdy and picked him in the second, third round. That's what right. would have been the story. Yeah, like, none of those comments of, about the irrelevant, Mr. Irrelevant stuff would have, would have, and if they did, they wouldn't have mattered if he was a top 10 pick. And that made a lot of sense to me too, just because it's like, at some point, let's just like forget about that. Because he's now in a Super Bowl and last, going to back-to-back NFC Championship games, lost the one, won the one, now he's in the Super Bowl. That's a crazy two-year span. And you were not drafted to play. Bro, there's been number one. That was one, Trey Lance's team. There's been first-rounders that have never had that done. And I think Kirk Cousins is a great example because, bro, before, he, before the quarterback thing came out, and I didn't even watch it. Yeah. But, like, I was, I've, I've been a Kirk guy for a while. I just always, not even a Kirk guy like the way I, you guys think I'm saying I'm a Kirk guy. I've always thought Kirk Cousins could spin the football, and I didn't really care about the 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 primetime narrative. I would just bet against it. But I wasn't that guy to like, no, Kirk is ass, bro. He can't win on, like, bro, shut the fuck. That does not mean he's ass. Like, and I think Kirk is a great example because people watch the quarterback series, and you could literally see the, the Kirk Cousins narrative change like that. Like, people are like, oh, we fuck with Kirk. And obviously the injury happens, and people feel bad and shit like that. But people get to see the human. Like, the, the, the mask is taken off. The helmet gets taken off. And people are like, wait. Kirk Cousins is a cool ass human. Like, damn, Kirk Cousins is like very much himself, but the whole locker room fucks with him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, why don't I fuck with Kirk? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I appreciate people being able to take the helmet off, and especially him talking about that too, being able to tell people like, bro, like. Y'all and would, he said from when would, he started, if if, if, if if they pick Brock Purdy in the second round, the story would literally be, I cannot believe the 49ers took a chance on this guy. Not yeah, how good you know what I'm saying? It's just crazy how stories get. It's how, it's and Kirk how even happens. said like he was like, I can't imagine you know in 2012, 2013 when I was first starting, I can't imagine doing this. Yeah. So you also have to respect that as well. Most guys just can't come in here and are and are ready to it doesn't do even this. Matter how good he, that's why like I feel like a lot of football, uh, especially quarterbacks, but a lot of football players can appreciate what Brock Purdy does from afar because it's like if you played in the NFL and you can look back to your rookie year. Probably put yourself in those shoes really fast. It's like, yeah. how the fuck did this guy do that? Like, anyone who's played a, at a sport like you, like, going to any sport you played your first year, it's like, imagine you stepped in that sport your first year and you just, like, carried it. Like, bro, like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't matter how good you were, how good your team already was. Like, and speaking you of just carrying, weren't shitting your pants. You weren't shitting your pants bad enough to where you couldn't deliver the job. Like, that's, you know what I mean? That's a different story in itself. He, and speaking dog. of carrying in the game, I mean, he carries himself extremely well for 
yeah. what's happened and and the 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 light the limelight the starlight that he's been in front. I want to see him in those Jalen Hurts types. I want to see. Them. I want to see a little bit more emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I, I, I feel bad for NFL players. They really feel like they can't let loose, bro. I feel like half that shit. Like I, like I, I, I think Brock Purdy is really like a quiet guy. Like, yeah, like, you, we, like we the, totally you can get like, that. See it, like in yeah. his face. Like you know what I'm saying? But like, there's that definitely that side of Brock. Like when him and Bo to get to the Millers, like it's like yo, like I'm trying to see that. Boy. Or like if they're hanging out and they're like. Brock, can you just finally let fucking loose for us, yeah, please? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the one time Brock laughed. You ever seen, uh, you seen Friday Night Lights where Booby Miles makes Mike Wichel smile? It's like, there it is. Motherfucker, I got you. He can smile. Like, I like I feel like there's those, I want to see those sides of the players more. And that's why the podcast space is kind of cool, too. Seeing it with your, with your peoples. Yep. It's good to see Jalen Brunson. Yeah, I wanted to shout that out. We were, I forgot to shout that out. The Roommate Show. Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart. Love it. Love it going to be uh, fun to watch the rest of the season before we get out of here i do want to do this i want to pick our best bets of the super bowl one pick if you had one pick to bet uh has to be a prop cannot be chiefs money line cannot be a spread cannot be over a player prop of something your best bet of the super bowl i will start give you a little second here i can click around wherever you want i'm gonna go travis kelsey two plus touchdowns at plus 650 that is my best bet of the super bowl i'm taking travis kelsey plus 650 Two touchdowns, Taylor Swift in attendance. Chiefs are going to win the game. Mahomes is probably going to win Super Bowl MVP. And the two touchdowns to Travis are going to help that immensely. Uh, if I had to take a prop, I'd take the check of the score. If I had to take a prop for the game. I don't even give a fuck what the line is. It's probably something cool. But, I mean, watching the Chiefs, bro. That motherfucker. He watched Super Bowl last 115. year. 115. Minus 115. That's and he, he scored in, in every playoff game. Fanduel knows what the fuck is this up. season. He's their big game scorer. Get down the goal line, gritty, tough guy. Like I think he's going 100 percent score if he doesn't fuck it. I think Chiefs money line though. That's my. I mean, if you want to know my best bet, that's not a prop. Motherfucker, take that. Especially because I'm telling you that shit with the household shit, bro. His pop gets a BWI this week. Like people in the media ask him this week, he's probably like, bro, he's gonna come out there mad, bro. I think. I think it's gonna be not a massacre, but I think you'll see a master class. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, Chiefs, Super Bowl 58, your Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs from us here at the All the Everyday Show. And uh, it's not going to be uh, it's not gonna be 49ers. We are going to be seeing red, but it is not 49er red. If you watch this episode on YouTube pre-Super Bowl, make sure to drop a like, comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button. Apple Podcasts and Spotify listeners, scroll to the bottom. One, two, three, four, five on those stars. Do help us a long, long way. Super Bowl 58 is on Sunday. Hope you're going to be going to a Super Bowl party. Buffalo chicken dip, guacamole, burgers, hot dogs, all the good things at the parties. We'll see you after the Super Bowl. You've been listening and watching to the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. Super Bowl 58. We will see you Monday to close out this glorious NFL season. See you soon.